0: Good morning, everyone. All right, everybody, stand up for a second. Some jumping jacks, <laughs> loosen up a little bit. I know it's early in the morning. We are on, I believe, our fourth. You can sit down now. <laughs> we are on our fourth Healthy <laughs> Schools Now Student Leadership Academy session. The end is near. We only have, I believe, three more sessions. I think the final session is your graduation. I might have to wear my fancy academic hat. And we have two more sessions. How are you enjoying it so far? It's good. good. Did you enjoy the last session? Yeah. It was really, 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 really fun. It was really, really good. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Well, today we are actually going to do uh, a media training. We're gonna talk about the power of the media. And so we have three presenters including yours truly and we're going to talk about how you can utilize the media the media to accomplish your own goals and so i'm really excited about this Uh, we have uh, jock howard who is actually a media tycoon in trenton new jersey (laughs) he is someone who knows how to use the media around politics and getting things accomplished Uh, That are important. And so, without further ado, I want to introduce Jock Howard, and he is going to do roughly 30, 45 minute training on the power of the media. All right, let's give Jock Howard a round of applause.
1: Thank you, Gerald. And just so that you know, I, I'm not usually a guy who likes to speak at podiums, so I'm going to be moving around quite a bit. So um, also, if, while I'm moving around, if you want to take some pictures or something like that, please do so. Hashtag them, um, take my tour of Triton or Civic Engagement Radio, and I'm going to be taking some pictures as well. <clears throat> so I'm going to move kind of rapidly. Um, Just because I think that usually when when I do these speaking presentations, it's definitely not enough time to get a lot of information out. So I'm going to move very quickly and then we'll have a quick uh, question and answer session as well. So I always like to tell people a little bit about myself. Um, I was born and raised uh, here in Trent, New Jersey, Ewing Township. I went through public school and then went to college in Philadelphia, the Art Institute of Philadelphia, where I studied fashion. After graduating from school, I then got a degree and started working with some of the big players in the garment industry. Jones, New York, Ralph Lauren, The Limited, The Gap, uh, JCPenney, etc. I've done everything from retail all the way through to the design floor, working with the designers and the models, etc. We stopped manufacturing clothes here in the States. Um, It declined quite a bit, Um, late 90s, so I was offered a package. So I left the garment industry with the sole intent of recreating myself or retrenching. So the idea of retrenching at that time was, hey, let me get another corporate job or something like that. That didn't quite work out for me. Um, I ended up taking a position with, at that time, it was Merrill Lynch. And I worked at Merrill Lynch and worked in finance for a few years and was on the fast track, multiple uh, promotions in a short amount of time. Um, Had some health issues, so I left corporate America. After leaving corporate America, I then started to refocus my energy and attention on the city where I live, which is here in Trenton. I started to serve on several nonprofit organizations. Um, Who here is familiar with uh, arts or appreciates art? This goes for the adults, too, by the way. Yeah, here we go. I like that. All right. So, um, so artworks Trenton is Trenton's visual arts organization. So I served on the board of that organization for several years. Have any of you heard of Art All Night? Just one? Yeah, Art All Night Trent. Right. So Art All Night Trenton is a twenty-four hour pop up gallery here in Trenton. And we get 30,000 people come to this event. It's a 24-hour period from 3 p.m. on Saturday to 3 p.m. on Sunday. And it happens on Father's Day weekend. So I encourage you, if you're in town or if you can come back in town, check that out to see some amazing art, literally from refrigerator art all the way up to big tens of thousands of dollars of sculptures as well. While also here in Trenton, I started serving on the board of I Am Trenton. Has anyone seen the billboards I am Trent. Hashtag I am trend. Great. Are you from Trent? All right, good. So you know what's up. You should be up here with me. So I am Tratton is a community foundation, and what they do is they take money in from donors, and they distribute that money back out into the community, whether it's for individuals, small nonprofits, etc., with the sole intent and the sole purpose of uh, building a better Trenton. In addition to that, While I was serving on those boards, um, there's an organization called IELTS. You've probably heard of IELTS. Has anyone else heard of the IELTS organization? It's a statewide organization that promotes self reliancy Okay. uh, Has anyone heard a lot of talk about lead abatement in homes recently? Great, so IELTS is one of the leading organizations in the state that's doing remediation of lead in homes. <clears throat> so I served on the Board of Isles, and while I was serving on the Board of Isles, I went on to this radio program uh, called, the, the radio station is WIMG-1300. 1300. WIMG-1300 1300 is the oldest radio station in the state of New Jersey, and it's based out of here, Trenton, New Jersey. And interesting enough, it's a black gospel station, but when it first started, it was a KKK station. So you guys are going to have to wake up because this, this is going to be very uh, interactive. So we're going to have some questions and stuff shortly. So does anyone, what, is, what do you guys think about the idea of you have a radio station that was a KKK station and it is now a black gospel station? Great. Anyone else? Any other thoughts about that? Find it interesting? Shows how awesome God is, right? You can go from something so um, uh, destructive As the KKK in the capital of New Jersey having a radio station to being a black gospel station now right okay so I go on this program to talk about the organization Isles Um, I was heading up a a program called Spirit Walk where we would go to different parts of the city and we would do a walking loop with the sole intent of getting people to come out of their homes to spend time with their neighbors etc and to walk for fitness so while I was on the, the radio program the station manager contacted me later and said, "Hey, would you like to have your own show or like to be a host of a radio TV program?" I was like, "I, I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to do. I didn't have any desire to do this. I didn't seek it in college or anything. And so I did it, and shortly thereafter, I put all that information, I started recording them like I'm doing now, and put it up on the Internet as a podcast and later checked some stats and found out there were people all over the world who wanted to hear about what was, ha- what was happening in Trenton, New Jersey. And it blew my mind. Um, I'm of that age where, you know, I grew up with uh, the introduction of, com- of computers, but I'm not that tech savvy guy. I'm not doing all these different things. I'm not, I don't know code or any of those things. I don't develop websites. I literally use my phone to do whatever I do, like simple basic things. And When I started to delve into the idea of finding out what the statistics, what the metrics are behind the people who are following me, I then realized that there are people all over the world, you know, hundreds of millions of people who want to know about stuff that's happening in places like Trenton, New Jersey. Someone then said, hey, you know, why don't you do this as a business? So I started doing that about four years ago and it's been extremely rewarding and i've been able to come before audiences like this one and ones that are larger and smaller to talk about what i do and we're going to get into that now welcome that plate of pastries looks really good <clears throat> so up to this point does anyone have any questions for me about my background about why i got into doing radio tv anything nobody you get your degree in fashion? why did i get my degree in fashion my dad was a military dude, and he was always, anyone here have a military background or a military family? Just a few people? So the military is very like, you know, and people who do it, they're very specific. So my dad, if he was cutting the grass or cooking, he had a uniform on that he was wearing. And it wasn't like a uniform uniform, but in his mind it was a uniform. And I always admired that because, you know, your, your father is generally the most powerful male figure in your life if they're in your life. So my dad was always sharp. Um, he cufflinks, suit and tie, shirt and tie. I remember him uh, cutting the grass with uh, like a pseudo uniform on, but like something tied around his neck. It wasn't a necktie, but it was like a, a like a, a handkerchief almost. But he always was very stylish, and I wanted to emulate that. Um, so when I was uh, in high school, uh, I was I was part of uh, some uh, fashion programs and. At that time, literally, you know, you're talking late 80s, the information wasn't as prevalent as it is for you all. So it was like, hey, you have a few choices of what you want to do if you want to go to college. I didn't want to go to school for like health, uh, to be a doctor or anything like that. I wanted to pursue something artistic. I liked fashion and um, that's what I did. Yes? Do
0: you do any prior research?
1: Do any what? Prior research. Prior research of?
0: Like into entering the right?
1: fashion industry. Entering the fashion industry? Yeah, a little bit, but remember, um, and that's what's awesome about where you all are right now. The amount of information that is available to you is, is there's no comparison to what it was like 30, 40, 50 years ago. Um, back then, uh, racism, classism, sexism was much worse. You either had to go to a library. If you didn't have a library in your community, there was no computers, there was no internet, you were just out of luck it was generally word-of-mouth where you had to get the information from your uh, from your guidance counselor there was no college prep programs in high school back then so the information that you got it was very limited so uh, kudos to all of you now for being able to be born during this time because that information is really available to you so take advantage of that alright so I want to move on quickly and I'm gonna come on the other side of the room here so My radio, and I'm going to fast forward again because we're going to be short on time. So my program is called the Trenton 365 Show. The Trenton 365 Show um, is to support activities, positive activities that are happening in Trenton, New Jersey, with the impetus of it being a year-round program, 365 days of the year. The hashtag for it again is Civic Engagement Radio. And the idea behind that is that the more people who are actively involved in building their community, you're going to have an opportunity to build a community that you want. Um, Quick example, could anyone tell me what their thoughts are about what civic engagement is? What does civic engagement mean? Or what does it resonate with you? What do you think about it? Nobody? Does anyone know about civics? Did you raise your hand? (laughs) <laughs> no one no one knows anything about civics. All right. engagement between people? Keep going.
0: That leads to
1: a certain of that's got. Gotcha. No, but you're spot on. So so that's it. It's the it's the in a summary, it's the people being actively involved in the quality of life of their community, the civics of what's happening in their community. Um for example, if you have um Uh, I'm sure you all have heard of um, neighborhood watches, right? A neighborhood watch is civic engagement. That's people in a neighborhood who are coming together who are going to say, we're going to do X because it's going to make things better. So what I started doing with my radio show was going out, talking to nonprofit organizations, talking to individuals, with the sole impetus of bringing people together to have conversations and to ask them, what would you like to see in your community? What would you like to have happen? Um, what are some of the challenge areas? And what are some of the positives? One of the projects that I'm really proud of is uh, Library Boxes of Trenton. Um, you live in Trenton. I don't know if you've heard of those library boxes? Yeah, we have in you have them, in Ogan Patterson too. Yeah, so nationally or internationally, they're known as little libraries. So approximately four years ago, the city of Trenton had four libraries. They closed three of them. So we have one library to service all of Trenton, New Jersey. And that's, we have approximately 84,000 people. And this library is located in downtown Trenton. So it's difficult for people who live in different parts of the community to be able to come to the library. So I partnered with the city, the Trenton Downtown Association, and we're in the downtown area right now. They had lots of these old newspaper boxes Um, that were rotting, rusting, people were using them for trash. So what I did is I partnered with them, I got 15 of those, found some funding, and some of my artist friends, I paid them to paint them and design them and turn them into one of a kind public pieces of art. And then people in the community, whether it's an organization, a nonprofit, a business or a resident, they adopted these boxes. And they adopted the boxes with the idea that they are going to maintain them, they're going to put books and magazines in them, they're going to keep them clean, and they're going to tell me about their stories. So now we've got 15 of these distributed throughout the city, and we're distributing thousands of books and magazines to people in the community for free. In addition to that, because people saw it on the Internet and heard about the programs, bless you, heard about the programs on the radio show, a national organization called MagazineLiteracy.org gives me thousands of magazines, um, all different types of magazines, from guideposts and faith-based magazines to highlights magazines, Sports Illustrated People, fashion magazines, etc., and they're getting in the hands of other people as well. Trenton has a large population of Spanish-speaking residents, so we also distribute information and in literature and books in other languages as well. So Spanish, Polish, Russian, et cetera. We haven't gotten into uh, some of the more detailed languages that are represented here, like Swahili, uh, French, uh, um, Hebrew, but we're working on that as well. All of these things I'm saying, and I'm moving rather rapidly again, is that these successes that I've had are mainly because of what I'm holding in my hand. So this, a lot of people call them a phone. They're not phones anymore. If you have internet access, you have the opportunity to be a global media tycoon. Um, It's called a device. The manufacturers call it a device. I encourage you to start uh, grasping that that terminology as well and consider how powerful this is. Um, As an example, by the time we're done, I'm going to have this up on the internet. And of the 70 different countries that follow me, this will be all over the internet. People will extract it. People will cut it apart. People will maybe make money off of it. That's the difficult, difficult part. How do you figure out how to monetize what you do on the internet? That's for the next generation. I'm doing this as a passion. I just want to get the information out. So earlier, um, Jarrell was talking about how I use the media. So here in Trenton, New Jersey, um, we have two print media or newspapers, the Trenton Times and the Trentonian. They're the two largest ones, but we have a few other small ones like Cream and First State, uh, Nubian News, and I think there may be one or two other, uh, the Downtowner, etc. But the two large ones are the Trentonian and the Trenton Times. The Trentonian and the Trenton Times are named for Trenton. They used to be here in Trenton. They don't print it here anymore. Um, They have very few actual reporters, and most of what they decide on printing Isn't very positive. Um, There's a term in the media that says if it bleeds, it leads. So the idea is that if you share about the negative that's happening, more people will buy the newspaper. The print media is in business to sell newspapers. They're not in business to make you feel good, they're in business to sell newspapers. So because of that, I started to wonder and ask. Well, what about all the positives that are happening? Um, let me back up a step. How many people, by a show of hands, have heard Trenton is a bad place to live? Literally four or five people out well, of this room? Patterson is a bad place to
0: live. I also say
1: that okay. All right. So, place Patterson, place Trenton, Camden, yeah. right? All those bad things. It's, don't go there, you'll get this. Um, I had this happen to me. There's nothing but this group of people there, etc. You've all heard that, right? So. The media generally are the ones who control that. They're the ones who are are distributing that information. And again, if those people who are distributing that information don't really know the residents, aren't really actively involved in the community, how can they truly tell the story? I'm sure that most of the, the newspapers don't know that we're all meeting here, and I would say that this is a pretty awesome gathering of of adults and and a diverse group of young people here. So that's what I wanted to do with the Trenton 365 show was, hey, I want to tell these positive stories. I want to tell the stories about the artist um, who's a friend of mine who was out of the country because his work is so awesome that another country wanted him to come and paint there. Or an artist who is uh, pushing the boundaries of feminism and she's being taken all over the, the country but the newspapers won't print that. They won't print those stories. Those are the stories that are going to motivate you and to help young people say, hey, look, I can do this too or I can get better or there's an opportunity for me to do something that's non-traditional because there's these other success stories there. Now I'm saying this and again, I'm, I'm moving rather rapidly because As young people, we've got to start to look differently at what we're being told, especially through the print media. Again, remember the media, the print media, their goal is to sell newspapers and to make money. It's not to distribute information. Next time you see a newspaper, just page through and see how many advertisements you see as opposed to a distribution of information, articles not articles from the Associated Press or another organization, but a locally written article by a local writer, a local author. Then you'll start to get the idea and realize that maybe the print media isn't where you should be getting all your information. The flip side of that is I don't think that anyone should put all their effort and time into what's shared on the internet or that you get through your social media feed as well. Because that information we're learning is has been created by robotics Uh, a lot of robots who are creating these false stories and these false narratives and they're pushing them out so much so that they can have an impact on elections and on other things but do your do your homework do your research Um, I actually even encourage you all even if you have no interest in journalism or in media start asking questions Start asking questions when you meet someone from a nonprofit organization or a business leader or um, your, the school that you attend. And, and start to distribute that information. Because the media, in my opinion, needs to get to a point where, where we're actually becoming more of a foundation for people to, to grow from. For everyone to realize that, hey, you can get the information that answers the questions that you're looking for just by asking. Now Jarrell mentioned um, what I'm also doing with politics. So I am unbiased in my political coverage. And the idea behind that is, again, back to the idea of civics and civic engagement. We want to get more people in the community involved in the process of building the community that they want. One of the easiest ways to do that is during election season. Um, For example, here in Trenton, we have approximately 80,000 people who live here, approximately 40,000 people are eligible to vote. And in the, in the election in 2014, less than 10,000 people voted. So think about those numbers. We have 80,000, less than 10,000 decided who the mayor was going to be and who the city council members were, were going to be. Those numbers, when I started looking at them, I said, wow, that's amazing. How come Trenton is like that? Well, this is a national thing. Throughout our country, people just aren't voting. People just aren't involved in the process.
0: Why don't you think people vote? They don't like any candidates. That's a really good
1: reason. Okay, so if they don't like the candidates, would that mean that they've put the time and emphasis into learning who those candidates are? No. More than like now the if media they're, all they're based based on people's opinion. opinions. Okay, so where are people getting their opinions from?
0: The media.
1: Generally what media? Social media or print media? Social media. Social
0: media. I was thinking of more like a standard.
1: No, I think social media. Okay, well, let's not talk about it on a national level. Let's talk about it on a, on a statewide level. Social media. Social media. Okay, so who's, who's creating that content for social media?
0: People.
1: People like me. Now, if I, for example, have a particular appreciation or affinity for one particular candidate, what am I going to say about that candidate? Now, if I have more followers than, than say, Larry does, I'm going to get more information and more more exposure, right? Mm -hmm. Couldn't I influence the election? Yes. Yes. Would that be right? Would that be fair? Would that be democracy? No. That
0: would be your freedom.
1: Freedom. Mm -hmm. But isn't that freedom for everybody? Doesn't everyone have that opportunity? Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm getting at with um, what I'm doing with with the the politics. So one of the, the initiatives is called Bridge the Vote. So what I've done is publicly announced that I want to sit down with all the candidates. Every single one of them. We're gonna have a conversation. Um, we can do it wherever you'd like. We can do it over a meal. I want people to know about what your platform is. Surprisingly enough, we've got 31 candidates to date who have announced that they want a position here in Trenton. At least five of them said they did not want to sit down with me. Now if I'm offering something free, I just want you to get your information out. Wait, why
0: do you think
1: that's personally I think it's because they're not ready to be candidates. Um, if you're a public official, you gotta be on point all the time. Whether or not you like it, you're you are a celebrity. People are going to look to you for answers, etc. No autographs,
0: please.
1: Yeah. Especially not here. (laughs) Especially not here. Um, (laughs) but that's again back to the media portion of that's the power that we have Um, and and I say that not from an arrogant standpoint but from a standpoint of the people who you're getting your information from find out who those people are ask questions do some background research do some study Um, are they being funded by particular organizations or particular people are they leaning towards one particular ideology or another and if so It may not be necessary to put them on blast, but at least now you know. So if someone is anti uh, anti LGBTQ and that is your sexual preference, then it might be a good idea for you to reconsider voting for that person because they're not really going to represent who you are. You had a question a little while ago, or no? Yeah,
0: someone made a reference about not liking either one of the candidates, so that's why someone doesn't vote. Um, Does that make the world a better place if we just sit at home? Because I I know lots of friends who didn't like Hillary and couldn't stand Donald, so they didn't vote for anybody. Did that stop Donald from winning? No. And we're in a much different America now than we were before Hillary or Donald or anybody. So I laugh at them all the time and they're complaining, hey, you chose not to vote. So you shut down your voice. You can't complain about nothing the next four years because Hillary and Donald wasn't good but you
1: didn't vote. And oftentimes uh, I I say that the universe has a way of kind of like nature has a way of kind of straightening things out, right? One second. Okay so one second. So, So with what we've seen in the last presidential election, the national election, that there's a lot of people who are upset. But the good thing about that is now we have way more people that 18 or just getting ready to turn 18 to 25 demographic who are actively involved in the political process now, actually getting, off, getting into office, seeking office in political positions. And we have way more women who are now getting involved in politics and running for office as well, which is a better representation of who we are as people, correct? Right? And also a better representation because of the diversity. We live in a very diverse country. So now we have people of different uh, ethnicities and different faiths who are stepping up to actually run for political office. And it's a good thing because they're here and they represent a segment of the population. You had a question over there? No, I kind of had like a um, statement. It's like, I, it was like this
0: thing I did in class and they opened my eyes to see that. Because of the polls that they show on the news, that that influences people voting. Because it was like, in Donald Trump and Hillary, it was like, like, you know, like the bar graph stuff. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump was winning a lot, and Hillary was losing. So it was like, oh, what is my little vote going to do so they don't vote?
1: Mm-hmm. And, and that's also another one of those um, – um, I won't go into a lot of details again because we're short on time. But there, there are strategies by both of the majority parties to um, sway voters, to encourage voters, to discourage voters – to push elections, to get certain individuals elected. Um, In the past here in Trenton, we've had multiple candidates be encouraged to vote just to dilute the number of people who are voting so that it would make it easier for one particular candidate to vote. And that's a strategy. Well, okay, that strategy needs to be known. People who are are going to be voting, they need to know that that strategy is out there. So we're at 29 minutes, Jarrell. Yes. So you have uh, about fifteen. Fifteen. Let's do a Q and A because I know I've been all over the place and, and I want to make sure that that everyone gets a chance to uh, you know share some thoughts or concerns um, or to ask a question. Anybody got something? Yes. Um, so you just I kind of got lost when I was
0: talking, but you said you went into college for fashion, right? Mm-hmm. And you got. Somebody's actually if you want to
1: have you on TV show, right? No. Okay, so I went to school for fashion. I worked in the garment industry for about 20 years. Uh, the industry, we stopped manufacturing clothes here in the country. Um, it was through a program called NAFTA, North American Free Trade Agreement. You're going to start hearing more about that um, on the federal level. But incentives for corporations, they were paid incentives by the federal government to now have, their, have clothes manufactured in other countries. So instead of manufacturing clothes here in the United States, like uh, New York, Philadelphia, North Carolina, uh, and the textiles mills, those were all being manufactured in other countries, like China, um, uh, Malaysia, Mexico. So a lot of the, those types of jobs dried up. So that's why I got a package and left. Why do I meet with candidates? Well, the whole idea, again, um, to meeting with the candidates is to get, find out who they are and to get the information, their platforms, so that other people will know. Um, My vote, I only have one vote. So it's cool that um, I'm in the media and people will sit down and talk to me and share their thoughts. But if I'm really concerned about making the community better, I need to share that information with as many people as possible. So to date, my, my local sharing is about 15,000 per week see my posts on just uh, Facebook. So, um, so I know that there's some, there are people who follow and people are getting information.
0: What's the financial part of this? What was that? What's the financial part of
1: this? The financial part of being involved in the media? Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the more difficult things. Um, so the, how I do it is through selling advertising space, um, which goes to the radio stations that I'm a part of. So it's considered uh, privately syndicated.
0: Um, you said you mentioned that um, some political people didn't want to sit down with you. Do you ever mention
1: that when, in, when you're speaking about it, do you mention that they didn't want to sit down with you? Um, I generally don't put anyone by name on blast um, because uh, I think that. It's an easy way for me to lose credibility, so I always try to stay as focused as possible, as neutral as possible, right in the middle, unbiased. Um, when I put things out, it's generally for the it's generally for everyone, and uh, if someone's not interested, I don't I don't mention them by name. Uh, if someone comes to me and says, "Hey, did this person do this?" I answer them truthfully. I'm honest and truthful, but I never put anybody on blast to make anybody look bad, because again. I think that most of the people, I, I want to believe that most of the people who are running for a political office are doing it for the right reasons. Um, that they really want the city to get better, um, that they are engaged, etc. cetera. Um, but maybe their personality and mine just doesn't jive. So I don't want to discourage anyone from voting for anyone in particular just because somebody may have blown me off for an interview. How do you get exposure? How do I get exposure? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I, I think that my exposure mainly just comes from people knowing me. Like, um, you know, again, I was born here in Tratton. Um I've got a I've got a, come from a large family. Um, and uh, I've got a really good, strong following and an outreach. Um, you know, how things are. Um, someone says something and word of mouth starts to spread. And then from there, people start listening. And then, you know, people always do a little homework and find out whether or not what you're saying is accurate, and if it's accurate, you continue to grow. Um, when I first started doing radio and TV, the idea was literally, I was, just, I was just doing something that I was passionate about. I had no intentions on it becoming a business or making money. I was just doing it because I, it was the right thing to do. It felt right to do. Uh,
0: how do you make sure
1: you're not biased? Uh, hmm. I don't know if there's actually any foolproof way to do that. Um, I, I think if you think back to your original question... Um, I said, "Yeah, I don't. I don't say anyone's name. I don't put anyone on blast. Um, I I only. I stay honest and truthful. Um, but but re- literally, with the sole intent of not trying to sway anything, just putting the truth out."
0: What if, like, there was a certain topic you really agree on and you want to be biased about that? Would you mention it in your show? or?
1: Um, so I think you may have said two things there. Um, I. I do share a lot of information about things that I'm passionate about, um, like the environment, um, health and nutrition, uh, those types of things, the arts. I'm very passionate about them, so a lot of my programming may be geared towards that, but I don't eliminate anything else. Um, I'm I'm usually actively looking for people and uh, different topics to talk about, but I find that A lot of people are reluctant to share information about themselves. I see you. One second. Um, uh, So let's say, for example, um, I reached out to – recently I reached out to the state Republican Party because I wanted to hear their thoughts about some of the actions that President Trump has taken. They declined. I can't do anything about that. I mean, I I didn't – Print or share anything about my experience. I didn't say anything negative. Most people don't even know what my political affiliation is because I don't publicly share that. But I do the steps to bring everyone involved together. And if they fight on it and they want to sit down, great. If they don't, okay. Uh, now that leads me to start questioning well, why? I mean, I think it would be great for us to have Republicans and Democrats on a state level to sit at the same table for me to interview them and ask them the same questions so that the information will get out. But if they don't want to do it, there's really nothing I can do. And I find that if, if, I, take this, if I take the path of blowing them up or putting them on blast, it doesn't do anything. It's just easy for them to say, well, that's an angry black man. Um, he doesn't really want to be a part of the system. He's part of the problem. So that's why I just kind of say, okay, no worries. Um, I don't know if that's genetic. Um, I was talking to somebody earlier. My dad was a military dude. And um, peer pressure wasn't really a thing when I was a kid. Um, I was scared of my dad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, my friends may want to do something, but I know in the back of my brain, I got to go home. And my dad's not going to play that. So I didn't, peer pressure really didn't affect me too much. Um, Even the people who I'm friends with now, who I've been friends with for, for 30, 40 years, they'll tell you, If I wasn't feeling something or I was concerned about something, I'd just leave. I'd go home where I wouldn't be a part of it. And that's what I encourage you all to do as well. Don't let the friends that you're hanging out with um, really dictate or drive you to do anything. Um, I heard this when I was a kid, and uh, it's really stuck to me. When I die, they're only putting one person in that casket. as me. So everything I've done, everything that I will do, I'm the only one who has to answer for that. So if you're not willing to answer for it on your own, without your friends being around, without your family being around, I wouldn't do it. Questions, anything? Anyone else? No? All right. Well, I think that we're probably about done. Um, I'll give anyone my contact information if you want it. And I'd love to sit down and hear more about what each of you are all doing and to support your efforts. Um, building relationships is critical to how we're going to change things. And it's hard to build relationships based upon a 20, 30, 40 minute presentation. Um, you know, we're human beings. We have a tendency and we're tired, we're sleepy, we're hungry, we're cranky. Um, don't like my shoes I'm wearing, you know, my voice sounds funny to you, whatever it is, but, um, I'm here to tell you that literally you all have enough power in here to really make a major impact, not only in your communities where you are, but also in the world. And I encourage you to do that. And I encourage you all to be progressive in that. And don't be afraid to step out on faith um, to do something that you're really passionate about, because there's enough power in this room to really create the society that we dream of. And I personally feel as though um, my my generation, um, those of us who are near 50, um, we are starting to recognize that we have not been told the truth for many, many years and that it's now time for us to do something about it. And I encourage you to to step out and to do it. You will have support from older people like myself. You have all the technology and information available to you as well. I just encourage you to do it. All right, thank you all very much.